have contemplated and thought about the difference between this divine love and human love in its finest forms. It's obvious that often those who profess to belong to Jesus Christ do not compare very favorably with some unbelievers in their expressions of love. But is there a significant difference in Christian love? And if so, in what ways is Christian love distinguished from mere human love? And I think it's important to understand this, that no unbeliever possesses divine love and that no true believer lacks divine love. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Now we're talking about divine love here. Christian love differs from mere human love in its priorities, nothing and no one c- compares to the intensity of our love for God. And I preached to you about that yesterday. We're to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And nothing and no one compares to the intensity of Christian love for God. Amen. And Christian love discriminates between those who belong to God and those who belong to the world. The Bible tells us we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. I'm telling you that our love embraces a group of people that human love may tolerate but underrates and undervalues and minimizes their importance and even excludes them. But the love that God gives us embraces the people of God. Christian love does not exclude anyone. It picks up where human love leaves off. It is not diminished nor deterred by hatred or hostility. It returns good for evil. It feeds an enemy when he's hungry It gives him a drink of water when he's thirsty. It causes us to love even our enemies. Christian love differs from mere human love in that it is concerned with more than just the well-being of people in this present world. It is concerned about the well-being of people in the world to come. So a good parent labors to make sure that their children get a good education, have food and clothes, and a sense of security and well-being. But a godly parent wants the same for their children with an addition. They labor to make sure that not only do their children do well in this life, but that they flourish in the life to come. There is a forward look in the love of the Christian that the human love does not share. 
So it's important for us to see the distinction between mere human love and this divine love that is given by God. The love in my text is the kind of love that governs relationships in heaven. The atmosphere of heaven is an atmosphere of divine love. Everybody in heaven is there because they possessed it before they got there. Death does not save you. Death does not impart to you what you are lacking at death. The only way you get this is through the Spirit of God working in your heart and in your life. All rebels have been kicked out of heaven and none will ever be admitted to heaven to disturb the peace that prevails in that wonderful realm. Troublemakers all go to the same place. Can you imagine what hell will be like with all the troublemakers of all time concentrated in one place? Jesus declared in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And brother, the peacemakers are concentrated in heaven. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. Glory to God. You know, the Christian exhibits on earth the atmosphere of heaven. Paul wrote to the Philippian church in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20. He said, for our conversation or our citizenship is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Christian is a citizen of heaven right now. And as a citizen of heaven, we are subject to the laws of heaven, and we are a recipient of the benefits of heaven. Amen. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? We not only live under the laws of heaven, but we are a participant, a recipient of the benefits of heaven. And just as our citizenship in the United States comes with responsibility and privilege, so does our citizenship in heaven. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5 and 20, Now we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. We are ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador is a representative of his country in a foreign land. They serve the interest of their government, and they seek to give to that foreign country a positive impression of their home country. The love that the Spirit of God produces in us is the same love that governs heaven. And God intends for us to promote heaven on earth through the love of God being manifested in our lives, the same love that governs in heaven, governing us on earth and the people on earth receiving from us, praise God, the atmosphere of heaven in our life. Our relationship with other people is not to be off and on with circumstances determining whether we demonstrate love 
or indifference or even hostility. We are children of God. We're, we've been given the nature of our Heavenly Father and we show to the world what the love of God looks like. The love of God in us distinguishes us from the world. The finest display of love in the world is selective. It's limited to certain groups and kind of people subject to changing circumstances. And so kindness from a worldly person is usually confined to kinship, blood kin, racial kin, political kin, philosophical kin, and religious kin. So this, the world's love is selective. But the love that God grants to believers is a love that embraces all men regardless of their state and regardless of their condition. It is the same love that characterized our God when it says that God so loved the world. Brother, when God saved my soul as a 13-year-old boy, I went to the altar that night with hatred in my heart towards certain people. But when I got up out of that altar, I loved everybody. I'm telling you, God replaced that hatred with divine love one of the first things that I was conscious of when God saved my soul was this love of God that caused me to love everybody. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, brother, this marks us out. This is what God gives to us through the Spirit of God. The reason that it makes us love everybody is because it's the same love that's in God. And God so loved the world. And he gave his only begotten son. Amen. We tend sometimes to think ourselves more worthy of divine love than certain other people. Oscar Wilde, the perverted playwright of the last century, wrote something like this. The thing that sustains us in life is the certainty of the inferiority of everyone else. And perhaps we never smoked or drank or partied or chewed tobacco or said cuss words. And perhaps we think surely God would think more highly of such a person than he would the drug addict, the adulterer, the gambler. But listen to this. In Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, for when we were yet without strength, He's not talking about physical strength. He's talking about moral and spiritual strength. When we were without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were not righteous. We were not good. But God commended his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, glory to God. 
I'll tell you what I'd like for everybody in this place to do. When you leave this meeting and go back to your home and back to your community, I'd like for everybody in this place to find somebody who is down and out, some human being who needs to know that God loves the unlovable and that there are still people who love with the love of God. Every one of us have been in that place where we were unlovable, but God loved us while we were unlovable. And God wants us to demonstrate the same love that he had for us to somebody that's down and out and unlovable and maybe despicable in their behavior and look despicable in their appearance. But, brother, there are still people on the face of this earth who love with the love of God. Hallelujah. And God wants us to demonstrate to the world the love that God has. Hallelujah. If your love has been seasonal instead of steady, and maybe you've blown your testimony in your family or on your job or even in your church, I'm telling you that you can receive forgiveness for that. And you can have a fresh infusion of divine love around this altar this morning. Because I'm telling you, if you appear at the judgment bar of God, void of this divine love, you will perish with the devil and his angels. Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity or divine love. I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could move mountains and have not this divine love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, Hey, listen, brother, I'm telling you, I believe that there have been people who went to the stake and gave their life for their religion and went to hell because they were not dying for Christ's sake and they did not have the divine love of God in them. You can give your life for your political persuasion. You can give your life for your government philosophy. You can give your life for your religion and go to hell. I'm telling you also, soldiers don't go to heaven just because they give their life on the battlefield. You can only go to heaven if you have the love of God in you, brother. You must be born again to see the kingdom of God. If I give my body to be burned and I have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. My text says, and now abideth faith. Hope and charity. But the greatest of these is charity. Charity is the capstone of Christian character. Paul wrote to the Colossians in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, 
bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And I've seen where some apply that last phrase, which is the bond of perfectness, to all the preceding virtues and indicates that this charity binds all of those virtues together in unity. And then I've seen where it's been applied, that phrase has been applied to the Christian so that this charity, which is the bond of perfectness, binds the Christians together in perfect harmony. And I don't really think that there's any contradiction there because charity is the crowning virtue of the Christian life and it is the root of all other Christian virtues. Peter exhorts the saints in 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8, and he says, besides all this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity or divine love. For if these things, y'all hearing me now? For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all, I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit off here, but I used to think, take that scripture to mean that we, we wouldn't be barren and unfruitful in the work of God. That's not really what he said. He said you would be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, brother. Oh, hallelujah. When you have the love of God in you and these virtues are in you, you're learning about who Jesus is. Amen. You're becoming more like who Jesus is. Praise God. You will, you will neither be bare nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He went on to say down just below there, he said, for if you do these things, you shall never fall, he said. Hey, there's a guarantee, brother. I'm telling you, there's a guarantee right here. I do believe in eternal security for everybody that's adding to you. Hey, ain't nobody ever backslid adding to. They backslid subtracting from, but nobody ever backslid adding to. The love of God is foundation of godliness. Our God is love. That's the imminent attribute of the God of the Bible. The demonstration of divine love through us as his children gives God a good reputation among those who do not know him. This is our task, children. We are the light of the world. We are a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. We're to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and not glorify us, 
but glorify our Father which is in heaven. It should be the ambition of every child of God here that when we leave and depart from this world, we leave behind a sweet savor in the minds of the people who knew us, a sweet savor of Jesus Christ. We want somebody to think much of God and to think much of Christ because of the way that we lived and the love that we demonstrated. We want our Father to be glorified by the way that we conducted ourselves in this world among men. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. I tell you what, I believe if you will get this love in you just right, praise God. If you'll let the Spirit of God work in your life, this love of God is produced in us by the Spirit of God. It is the fruit of the Spirit. Now you understand that the fruit of the Spirit is nothing but the character of Jesus Christ being reproduced in the followers of Jesus Christ. This is what the Holy Ghost is doing for us. This is what the Spirit of God's doing for us. He's reproducing in us the character of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and making us like the Savior so that we love like Jesus loved. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I want to love like Jesus loved, don't you? I'd like for people to know me by my love, don't you? Hey. You know, those early churches, Paul would write about them and say, I've heard about your faith. Yeah. I've heard about your love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to be known as a man with the love of God yeah. in me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, Hallelujah. I don't know. Y'all, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir. Well, I do believe we can improve, don't you? <laughs> you're, you're wonderful people. I can tell that. I'm preaching to the choir. But, oh, my. I came under conviction just studying to preach to you. Because I feel my need of more of the love of God. 